Good morning. For those of you out in our audience today, we start our meetings at 10 o'clock, um, but Comcast is requiring for us to start a couple of minutes late so that they can keep pace with the meeting as far as uh, broadcasting. Okay, so we got five. Let's roll, right? We got them. We're good. Ready and. Good morning. It's now 10:02, and we're calling the meeting of August 22nd, 2017, to order. Could you please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? Led by our birthday boy, Mark Bogan. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It is customary in our chambers that we recognize those brave men and women who serve both here and abroad, and we have a moment of silence for those whom we may have lost locally. Our moment of silence this morning, we would like to recognize that Michael York, the husband of Rose York, two, and two police officers were killed in Kissimmee, and recognize the woman who lost her life in the Charlottesville, Virginia protests. Additionally, the 13 people who died in Barcelona last Monday, as well as the passing of Dick Gregory and Jerry Lewis. Our commissioners, is there anyone else that wishes to recognize? Commissioner Lamarca? Um, I'd like to remember, if we could, uh, someone who spent a, uh, a lifetime in public service, uh, the former mayor of the city of Deerfield Beach, Jean Robb. I believe it was just after we uh, broke for the summer that she'd uh, passed, or right around then. And uh, her family and your thoughts and prayers, as well as the 10 uh, uh, missing and, and possibly perished uh, United States Naval sailors uh, in the USS John uh, McCain. Thank you. With that, moment of silence. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, I'm sure you heard the wonderful music coming from our speakers. Commissioner Ryan graced us with his selection, Positive Vibration by Bob Marley. The second song he chose is Going Up the Country by Canned Heat. Thank you for that, Commissioner Ryan. Before we move into the agenda, I would like to start with the Broward Means Business Moment by recognizing Broward, recognizing Eyebrow Spa. I will present the proclamation to the founder, Johan Hessman, Hussman, and his family members that he has brought here with him, his sister, who is who I know is in business with him, as well as their father and other um, uh, members of their staff. Could you please come forward to receive the proclamation at the podium? 
For those of you who are new or just joining us in the audience today, our Broward Means Business Moment recognizes businesses in our community who we feel have created jobs and have driven our economy. We enjoy a 4% unemployment rate, and it is because of our, oh yes, see there? Got Commissioner Chip Lamarca cheering. And um, it's because of people that have aspirations like these and entrepreneurs, and so we honor them at the beginning of our meeting for a moment. The proclamation reads, whereas based in Pembroke Pines, Florida, Eyebrow Spa Incorporated in 2008 and has been in business since 2010 with 14 full-time employees. And whereas founder Johan Hesman was raised in Pembroke Pines and attended Pines Middle and Flanagan High School. Following high school, Johan took business classes at then Broward Community College and earned her esthetician's license from Sheridan Tech and whereas being a single mom made her work hard to pursue a career in the beauty industry, and through years of hard work in Pembroke Pines, her independent business evolved into Eyebrow Spa, the first spa dedicated to the beauty of eyebrows. Johan wanted to create a beautiful space in Pembroke Pines with a positive atmosphere where residents can come and relax while getting pampered. And whereas Johan has grown her business in Pembroke Pines over the last 10 years, she has gained a strong following of customers who have loyally followed her through her career, where she has hired and trained a talented team of seven beauty professionals, three front desk staff, and two managers to help to continue the expansion of Eyebrow Spa. And whereas Johan's brother, Johan Hussman, joined her as a business partner in 2016, and together they expanded salon suites to Eyebrow's first storefront location. Johan hopes to expand into a second location, possibly in East Pembroke Pines, Commissioner Furr's district, in the near future. Whereas Eyebrow Spa is pleased to have been successful in Pembroke Pines due to its, in part to its solid relationship with city commissioners and the mayor, who have taken the time to address concerns and provide quick resolution to small business regulatory issues. Whereas many of the Eyebrow staff reside in Pembroke Pines, Eyebrow Spa looks forward to providing employment opportunities to more residents in Pembroke Pines and advanced education for beauty professionals in the future now. Therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, August 22nd, as Broward Means Business Eyebrow Spa Day in Broward County, Florida. You're very welcome. And Commissioner, Vice Mayor Furr, can I have you come down and join us since the future is in your district? <laughs> Might be one of your former students? Okay. <laughs> okay. She's standing together with everybody you know. There you go.
On behalf of all of our staff and uh, my brother, Johan, uh, I would like to thank the mayor, Sharif, for recognizing our business and small businesses like us and all of the county commissioners. So thank you so much. I appreciate this a lot. I would also like to thank um, the mayor and the county commissioner, and it's a great honor. Uh, just one small correction. My sister, Jahan, is actually uh, the founder of Eyebrow Spa, and it's her vision. And uh, I came in to it last year, but um, I'd like to thank my sister and my parents for also supporting us and helping us along. All right. Thank you. So we're moving right along. The we have two other proclamations this morning. The first proclamation will be presented by Sejan Curion and Lieutenant Dennett Thomas by Commissioner Bogan to honor the 71st year of Independence Day and Indian Heritage Month. Yes. Mayor, may I proceed? Whereas the people of Broward County, representing a wide array of various cultures, have a great tradition of celebrating significant milestones and events of historical importance, and therefore are proud to join fellow citizens of Indian heritage throughout Broward. Whereas it was in 1947 that India proclaimed independence and became recognized as the Republic of India. Whereas a growing democracy, India has proven to be a courageous nation seeking to establish as its basic fundamental principles those same values upon which the United States was founded. Whereas the local Indian community of Broward County, which includes both those who hail from India and have ancestral ties to India, continually demonstrates the greatness of culture, arts, traditions, and beauty of their homeland. Whereas Broward County welcomes the opportunity to promote a greater understanding of the various cultures of the world and this occasion, the 71st anniversary of India's independence. Be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates Tuesday, August 22, 2017 as India Independence Day and August 2017 as India Heritage Month in Broward County, Florida, and calls for all municipalities and residents of Broward County to take the time to recognize and celebrate this special day. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Mark Bogan and the mayor, vice mayor, and the commissioners. Appreciate uh, this is a big thing for our community, and on behalf of the community, we want to thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I have a veteran from the Indian community who has served the Navy, and he's on uh, honorable discharge. I just want to thank you for 
following us. And um, uh, I don't know what to say, but I just say thank you for what's going here. And uh, there's a lot of things going on from when I was going to work and you know, also when I was going to uh, to uh, all these things. Um, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, did you take the photo? Okay. All right. The second proclamation will be presented to Franz Hall, Consul General of Jamaica, by Commissioner Holness to celebrate Jamaica's 55th year of independence, which occurred on August the 6th. Commissioner Holness. Good morning. I'd ask my Irish cousin to join me up here in making this presentation. See, he wore green today, I wore green. I figured if he can play Bob Marley's music, then, <laughs> then I can wear some green. And, and Council General Franz Hall, uh, my cousin here would like to visit Jamaica. I don't know which one of the Irish towns he's going to go. What do we have, about three Irish towns? We can work it out. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, Commissioner Ryan will join me in presenting this proclamation this morning to our Council General, France Hall. Uh, it reads, whereas, whereas Jamaica gained independence from Great Britain on August 6, 1962, after more than 450 years of British and Spanish colonial rule, the national holiday is celebrated annually by Jamaicans around the world. Whereas with 2.8 million people, Jamaica is the third most populous Anglophone country in the Americas after the United States and Canada, and the fourth most populous county country in the Caribbean. Kingston is the country's capital and largest city with a population of almost 937,000 persons. Whereas the predominant majority of Jamaicans are of African ancestry, with other mixed race minorities including Europeans, Chinese, Indians, Jewish, Lebanese, and Syrians. This multitude of ethnics, ethnicities led to Jamaica's motto, out of many, one people. And whereas following the 1965 U.S. Immigration Act, a new wave of immigrants entered the U.S. from Jamaica and other Caribbean nations. The number of Caribbean immigrants was estimated at approximately one million between the 1970s and the early 1990s with approximately half of these migrants coming from Jamaica. And whereas, during this time, a large number of Jamaicans settled in South Florida, and not too long after that a viable Jamaican community began growing in northwest Miami, Miramar, Lauderhill, and in Broad County, this gave rise to the development of a vibrant Jamaican business community consisting of professionals, doctors, attorneys, dentists, realtors, accountants, and a plethora of restaurants, more nightclubs and Jamaican shops selling most items that Jamaican migrants were accustomed to back in Jamaica and crossing over to American customers. And that includes jerk chicken. <laughs> it does. Whereas the expanding Jamaican community in Broward County became a magnetic force 
for other Jamaican migrants. From the mid-90s on, strong Jamaican communities grew not only in Lauderhill, Pembroke Pines, and Miramar, but also in Sunrise, Lauderdale Lakes, Plantation, Cooper City, Coral Springs, Dania Beach, and Tamarack. And whereas today the Jamaican diaspora in Broad County, South Florida, Florida and the U.S. is vibrant, making very significant tr contributions to all aspects of American life while continuing to serve their cultural homeland. Now, therefore, be it be proclaimed by the, by the Board, Board of County, County Commissioners of Broward, Broward County, County, Florida, Florida that the Board hereby designates Tuesday, August 22, 2017, as Jamaica Independence Day in Broward County, Florida. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, thank you, Commissioners Holness and Ran, Madam Mayor, Mr. Vice Mayor. Uh, good morning to you all. Uh, com fellow, sorry, uh, Commissioners as well. Good morning to you all. This is really an honor, and on behalf of the government and people of Jamaica, and also on behalf of the approximately uh, 150,000 Jamaicans that are resident in the county of Broward, it is certainly a pleasure to accept this honor in recognition of Jamaica's 55th anniversary of independence. Uh, the Jamaican community in Broward is vibrant, it's alive, and we've continued to make a positive contribution to the development of Broward and to South Florida. And I must also say that it's certainly a pleasure to receive this honor today also with a colleague uh, country, India. Uh, Jamaica and India have close bilateral relations and a lot of our people are actually from India, myself included. My ancestors are also from India. So it really is a special moment uh, for us this morning to celebrate uh, with you and to receive this honor. Thank you so much. Thank you all for coming this morning. Before we start, I have a few public participation reminders. For those of you in the audience, uh, please turn off or silence your cell phones. Any members of the audience who wish to address the County Commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out, fill out a speaker form that looks like this over to my right on the dais. Once an item is called, there will be no further speaker signups and no one will be allowed to speak on it. I ask at this time, if you're interested, to please go and do so. When you're called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments brief into the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, your microphone will be cut off and you'll be escorted out by security or law enforcement. We ask that those of you in the audience today respect the views of those speaking. As such, we do not allow any applause, cheering, booing, or catcalls. If you agree, just raise your hands and put up the fingers. Spirit fingers, yay. Okay. Now this morning we're gonna begin. I'll read the Tuesday morning memo. Consent items are items one through 102. Public hearing items of items 103 through 118. Regular and supplemental items are items 119 through 138. 
I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. There are no withdrawals and deferrals. Scrivener errors. Item number 88, in summary explanation background statement, item number five currently reads, as recipient of $20,000, it should read a reduction of $20,000. In fiscal impact statement, match funds are required on the following grants. Item number two currently reads, home care for the elderly, it should read community care for the elderly. In fiscal impact statement, match funds are required in the following grants. Item number four currently reads, NCJJ Rape Crisis Center. It should read, NCJJ Rape Crisis Center. NJCC Rape Crisis Center, sorry. Item number 95, attachment of exhibit one currently reads, at large positions available to all commissioners should read exhibit one, HIV Health Services Council letter 080417. Item number 119, delegation currently reads, Mr. Eric Kozlowski should read Ms. Erin Kozlowski. Item number 125, in the agenda report in Exhibit 1, insert after Brian Miller Olive PA the following, in joint venture with Lorente and Heckler PA. In Exhibit 2 on page 7, Section 13 of the Agreement for Legal Services between Broward County, Florida and the Law Offices of Steve E. Bullock, PA, the email address currently reads stephenabullockslaw.com. It should read sbullock at sebullocklaw.com. Additional information. Item number 12, this item is being requested to be removed, moved to the regular portion of the agenda so that it may be bifurcated to enable an abstention on one part of it. Item number 125, strike all references to Greenberg Trark PA in joint venture with Edwards and Feeney PA with the agenda report and exhibit one. Please delete the agreement for legal services with Greenberg Trark PA and exhibit two. Item number 125, signature pages have been received. Item number 126, Vice Mayor Bean Fur, Commissioner Dale V. Holness, and Commissioner Mark Bogan request to co-sponsor this item. Item number 127, Vice Mayor Bean Fur and Commissioner Michael Udine request to co-sponsor this item. Item number 132, Commissioner Chip Lamarca request to be a co-sponsor on this item. I request without objection that items number 120, 122, 124, 125, 129, 130, 131, 132, 133, 134, and 138 be moved to consent from regular agenda. Item number 12 to remain on reg to be removed from to be moved to regular from consent. Additional material. <laughs> Item number three. Email information from BSO submitted by Aviation Department. Item number 94, updated federal legislative policy statement submitted by Office of Intergovernmental Affairs and Professional Standards. Item number 102, memo to the board submitted by Intergovernmental Affairs and Professional Standards. Item number 119, updated delegation request present, presentation submitted by County Administration. Item number 121, Scrivener's errors found within the 2016 Sunset Review recommendation submitted by Intergovernmental Affairs and Professional Standards. 
Item number 121, paren 2, memo to the board from Intergovernmental Affairs and Professional Standards. Item number 122 and 123, memo to the board submitted by Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 125, revision to bond council agreement submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 127, House Bill 47, texting while driving law submitted by Vice Mayor Bean Furr. Item number 128, a list of scheduled events at the Miramar Amphitheater submitted by Mayor Sharif. Item number 135, Sun Sentinel Orlando and Wikipedia article submitted by Commissioner Mark Bogan. Item number 135, paren 2, letter to the board submitted by Public Works Department. Under public hearing items, item number 112, there's an email to the board submitted by Broward County Planning Council. Item number 112, paren 2, email regarding amendment PC 17-5 submitted by Broward County Planning Council. And item number 116, a memo to the board submitted by Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. That includes the reading of the Tuesday morning memo. Minute Secretary, are you good? Okay. At this time, I'm going to ask if there are any pulls from consent by commissioners. I will start on my left with Commissioner Udine. Uh, item number nine, Madam Mayor. Commissioner Rich. Uh, yes, um, item number 10, 13, and 17 for uh, abstentions. Okay. We've pulled 12. And I also would like to ask if uh, I could please be added as a co-sponsor to item 126 and 127. Thank you. Minute Secretary, can you note that? Yes, Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. Uh, Mayor, um, while I don't want to pull anything, what I want to do is, is say that um, on item 135, with respect to my motion to discuss either modification or termination for the G4S contract, uh, which really was put on there because of the killing of 49 people um, by an off-duty guard of G4S in June of 2016, there's been many allegations against G4S, um, which I met with them yesterday, which they deny. They, they claim a lot of these allegations are not true, and therefore I want to defer 135 and do a little more due diligence. So I'd like to defer number 135. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan? No polls. Vice Mayor Furr? 89, please. Commissioner Lamarca? 17 and 32. Commissioner Holness? Commissioner Geller? Yes, Madam Mayor, uh, just for, to, for conflict purposes. 18, 21, 64, 66, 73. Hold on, 70. hold on. Okay. Eight, uh, they could have stopped and, uh, talking I'll while you're talking. It was a deep breath. 18, I need you. Uh -huh. and I took the deep breath. Okay. 21, 64, uh -huh. 66. Okay. 73, uh -huh. 76, uh -huh. 77, and 80. Okay. So, um, County Administrator, do you have anything else for me to pull for, other than the mon um, Tuesday morning memo? Okay. County Attorney. I, I will address that. County Attorney, anything uh, else? Okay. County Auditor. Okay. All right. And so, from, from the public, what I have right now is I have... Um, Item number 12. Hold on. I'm going to have item number 
112, which is already on regular, 111 already on regular, got 113 for questions only. And then I've got in the audience with us today, we have State Representative Richard Stark, who will be speaking on item number 127. Just wanted to recognize that he is here. Madam, um, Madam Mayor. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Were you mentioning the polls? Because there were a couple of others. I only, I have 12 no. from the, um, I'm doing audience polls right now. Okay. You, you want to pull something else? No. Okay. So um, on my audience polls so far right now, I only have item number 12. And let's see if I have another one. It's 10. Nope, we're good. That's it, Mayor. Um, yeah, audience polls from consent is item number 12 so far. Everything else is already on regular, so they'll be heard on regular. I do have other speakers, but those are all on regular already. All right, so at this time, I'm gonna, I need to tell you what the motion's gonna be for the consent agenda minus the items that were pulled. So I have, I need a motion for the consent agenda minus items number nine, 10, 12, 13, 17, 18, 21, 32, 64, 66, 73, 76, 77, 80, and we're going to, and 89, and we're going to defer 135. Okay, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that that passes unanimously. Now what I'm going to do so that I can dispose of items, please exit the chambers quietly because I'm gonna continue business. We have a long agenda. Now to dispose of some of the items that are just be, just were pulled for abstention alone, nine. I'm going to take up item number nine, uh, well number nine. 10, no. Nine is for abstention also. Abstention yeah. also. So item number nine, Commissioner Udine. Uh, I've served on the board of directors of Community and ba Bank in Broward since 2011. I own shares in the bank. The shares are not traded on a stock exchange. The county attorney's office has verified that an owner of the shares in the same bank owns a substantial interest in the vendor on item number nine, although the item only involves a work off on a previously awarded contract to avoid a voting conflict or even the appearance of a voting conflict. I'm abstaining and will leave the dais until item nine is voted upon. I ask that the minutes, uh, clerk. Your, your microphone wasn't on at all, but w did, no, it's okay, you got it? It went off at the end, yeah. you saw it? Yeah. Okay. All right, so can I get a motion? All those in favor of item number nine, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Okay, let the record show that that passed eight with one abstention. Item number, can I, um, uh, county attorney, can I take 10, 12, 13, and 17 at one, once under Commissioner's rich abstention? I think that 12 has been withdrawn to the regular agenda because of the public. Oh, the public, yes, that's true. Um, okay, so, so I'll I, take, can I take 10, 13, and 17 I, to dispose I, of those? It, it's legally appropriate, you may wish to ask Commissioner Rich if she wishes to have them taken separately. Um, I believe that all th those three, could the, the 12 can't because I'd have to bifurcate. Yeah, 12 is fine. Okay, so 12, yeah, 10, 13, 13 and 17. I believe in this. Wait. Yeah. Is that all right? It, it's simply, they can be taken at the same time, but they're different bases for the okay. recusal, so those simply have to be read I'll in the record for each item. Okay. You can vote on them at the same time, though, after the recusal. Okay, so the only two that we can take on your abstention right now together is 10 and 13. 
17, I think I have a speaker, which is Commissioner Lamarca. And 12, we have an audience speaker, so that's fine. Okay, I think um, one requires me to leave the dais and one doesn't, so I- Oh, okay, I'm so we'll take them separately. Needs, needs 10 separate. is fine. Okay, okay, so 10. Okay, so item 10, I am on the board of directors of Kids in Distress. I do not receive any compensation for serving on that board, and I therefore have no actual uh, statutory conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, I am abstaining on item 10. I ask that the minutes reflect my uh, abstention. I am permitted to stay on the dais for this vote. Second. All those in favor of item number 10, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes eight with one abstention. abstention. Item number um, 12. 12 has been moved to regular. Okay. Right. Item number 13. Okay, 13. Um, uh, I am the county commission appointee to the Broward County Homeless Continuum uh, of Care Board. Pursuant to 24 CFR 578.95B, I am required to abstain from voting on this item, I believe the dais, until the vote is concluded and ask that my abstention be reflected in the meeting minutes. Okay. All those in favor of item 13 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show that item 13 passes eight with one abstention. Okay. Um, the next item off of 17. Do you, well, 17, I got Commissioner Lamarca wanting to speak on it as well. Okay. So, so I'm going to hold off on that. Okay, fine. okay. Commissioner Geller. All your items, no one else pulled. Are they only for? Are they for the same type of extent uh, abstention? Eighteen is for one reason, and all of the rest are for a different reason. Okay. Okay. So on, let's go with eighteen. Thank you. On item eighteen, that set merely sets a public hearing for issuance of non-emergency medical transport licenses because in my private law practice, I do represent a uh, ambulance provider. I. Uh, will be announcing a apparent conflict today on the motion to set the public hearing and will not be voting. When the actual item comes up, I will abstain and leave the dais. I will not be leaving the dais today upon advice of county attorney. Okay, so can I have a motion to approve? Second. Okay, all those in favor of item number 18 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show item 18 passes eight with one abstention. Okay. And the, Madam Mayor, on 21, 64, 66, 73, 76, 77, and 80. Um, I had thought that I would have resolved all of my issues with my former law firm. I am pleased to say they finally have received all payments, are in the process of doing the reconciliation now, and by the end of the month, this will finally be behind me. But in the meantime, I am abstaining from items 21, 64, 66, 73, 76, 77, 80, which involve my former law firm from which I am owed compensation and pending final reconciliation. Because I am abstaining to avoid the appearance of a voting conflict, not an actual conflict, I will remain on the dais for these items. I ask that the minutes reflect my abstentions. Okay, so all those in favor of item 21, 64, 66, 73, 76, 77, and 80 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that, that item, those items passed eight with one abstention. Okay. 
At this time, I'm gonna go back to item number 12, which was pulled by Commissioner Rich, as well as by the audience. Um, Commissioner Rich, would you like to speak first, or would you like for me to have the audience come up first? Audience first? Yes. We haven't voted on 32 yet. Okay. So um, could Mr. Dennis Haas from ARC Broward please come to the podium? Thank you. Um, Dennis Haas, CEO at ARC Broward, who we've been serving individuals with developmental disabilities for 60 years. This is our anniversary year. And just wanted to take a moment from your very busy agenda to on behalf of all the individuals that we serve in the community and my colleagues in the human services world, uh, thank you for the commitment uh, that this item reflects your ongoing commitment to the importance of human services and uh, this, this amount of funding and all the hard work that goes into assuring that these dollars are spent uh, with uh, outcomes uh, through the diligent efforts of your staff. So we just really wanted to say thank you very much. Thank you. You guys didn't get the memo, right? All right, there we go. Commissioner Rich. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, Dennis, for making the, that statement. I had the privilege of serving on, that children, on the Children's Services Board for 10 years. And uh, seeing this, the county commission at the time that the Children's Services Council was passed to agree to maintain that funding, which is so important in this community. And we have an amazing group of providers and staff uh, working together to do the best uh, for the possible for children in our community. Having said that, item 12 uh, would be providing funding, is providing funding uh, to separate agreements to many entities, including Kids in Distress, which I have mentioned before I serve on the board. Um, so um, I will be abstaining on the, um, we're um, bif bifurcating it. I will vote on the uh, overall funding, but need to vote, uh, have the vote separate on Kids in Distress so that I can abstain. So, Mayor, okay. my suggestion is that you have um, a bifurcated item on number 12. Number one would be for kids in distress, which is the item that Commissioner Rich would abstain on, and then you would have um, a separate vote on all the rest of the items. She's not required to abstain on that. Okay, so, Commissioners, can I have a motion? Move it at a bifurcation for kids in distress, which will be the first portion of motion item number 12 that we'll vote on. And I have a second on that? Okay, all those in favor of item 12A, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that that passes eight with one aye. abstention. Okay, the remainder of item number 12, which we call 12B. I'll move the item. Okay, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. And that's the portion that Commissioner yes. Rich is, is voting on. Aye. So yes. let that show on a 9-0. Okay, thank you. That um, concludes item number 12. The next item that was pulled from consent is item number 17 that was pulled by Commissioner Rich as well as Commissioner Lamarca. So I'm going to let Commissioner Lamarca go ahead and um, go first, and then I'll go to Commissioner Rich for the abstention. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, my wife is uh, employed by the Crockett Foundation, which is a wonderful organization, but uh, it's also one of the entities that's going to be receiving funds from the Broward Sheriff's Office LETF item. Uh, if it is approved today, she will not receive any financial benefit from this item, but to avoid even the appearance of a conflict, I'm abstaining from item number 17. I ask the minutes please reflect my abstention. No. Commissioner Rich, <laughs> abstention. Okay. I serve on the board of the Area-Wide Council on Aging, which would receive funding um, if this item is approved. 
I do not receive any compensation for serving on the board, and I therefore have no actual statutory voting conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, uh, I would abstain on item 17 and ask that it be reflected in the minutes. Okay. Move. Commissioner Bogan moved the item. Had a second by Vice Mayor Furr. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Let the record show that that passes seven with two abstentions. Okay, so that concludes the items um, that were pulled for abstention. Now we're on to item number, oh, I see. I know I was looking for Representative Stark. I told him that at 1045 we would be taking item 127 out of order so that he could come up and speak. Uh, Representative Stark, could you please come forward? At this time, we're going to take up item number 127 out of deference to Rep Representative Stark so he can move forward with his day. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. You're ready. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, uh, County Commissioners, uh, staff, uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak before you today. Uh, we have been trying to change the law in the state of Florida regarding uh, texting while driving, which has become a, a danger on the highways. As uh, technology increases, so does distraction while people drive. Uh, the state did pass a texting law in uh, 2013, my first year in the legislature. Unfortunately, it is a secondary offense with uh, no teeth, and so uh, law enforcement really cannot enforce this law. Uh, I will note that uh, uh, Commissioner Rich uh, uh, told me it took 23 years to uh, get the uh, seatbelt law to primary. become a primary <laughs> offense. Uh, uh, Commissioner Ryan, I don't know if you were part of that, but uh, this, uh, this is a little history with the state legislature. Uh, but um, all studies show that this is necessary. And I'm just going to give you a handful of statistics. And I uh, see I have a minute and 50 left, so I'll try to do it on time like you expect everybody else. But one in four accidents in the state of Florida due to texting. Texting more likely six times to cause an accident than DWI, driving while intoxicated. Average person texts for five seconds. Five seconds at 55 miles an hour takes you 100 yards across a football field. Now, just one last thing. Uh, this year's uh, law is still being, it's still in house draft, bill drafting. And uh, one of the sections that is being added this year has to do with uh, racial profiling. Uh, the seatbelt law already has it. We hadn't considered it before the seatbelt law. And just an excerpt, uh, it says, you know, we, we don't sure what the final language is going to be, but each law enforcement agency in the state shall adopt department federal, excuse me, departmental policies to prohibit the practice of racial profiling. When a law enforcement officer issues a citation for a violation of this section, the law enforcement officer must record the race and ethnicity of the violator. The department shall collect this information by its jurisdiction and annually report the data to the governor, the president of the Senate, and the Speaker of the House. And this is just an excerpt, uh, but this is something that uh, must be addressed uh, based on the uh, climate nationwide. Uh, but all parties that I've spoken to in the legislature recognize that this is an issue that must be addressed and uh, must be uh, put into law. So uh, thank you very much, and I'm open to any questions. Anybody has a question for me before I? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Stark, for being here.
So, commissioners, I wanted Representative Stark to speak first on the item that I brought before the agenda on the agenda today. Um, this item uh, I brought forth because uh, texting and driving is so dangerous, and it's something that I'm sure that we've all been on the road behind a distracted driver while they're texting and um, they cause many accidents. And I just felt like it was important for us to um, take a stand and to make a resolution to support what they're doing in the state legislature, but also to specify that in Broward County that we, we, we have a zero tolerance for this. Um, and so with that, I'm going to come back to this day. As I know that um, Commissioner Lamarca asked to co-sponsor the resolution as did a couple of other commissioners that I read in the Tuesday morning memo. And at this time, if you would like to speak on this item, I saw two hands go up. I saw um, Geller, Holness, and Lamarca. Oh, oh, everybody wants to talk. Okay, so let me just make the cue. Geller, followed by Holness, followed by Lamarca. Nah. Vice Mayor Furr, did you want to? Okay. Yes? Ryan? I want to follow the midnight. Okay, sure. You want to yeah, speak? Yeah, right. It was 20, but it's okay. Vice, uh, Commissioner Rich, yes. you also wanted to speak? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Geller? Um, thank you, and I'd also like to be listed as co-sponsor. Um, okay. Uh, Representative Stark, I'm glad you added that last item. I was in the legislature during a lot of those 20 years, and one of the big issues why there was a lot of resistance on the seatbelt issue was the concern that it could be used as an excuse for uh, pulling over minorities because you said that, you know, oh, well, we pulled you over because I didn't see your seatbelt. I'm very glad that you've added the, the language dealing with the racial profiling. That eliminates the remaining concern that I had with that, and that's why I'm now happy to co-sponsor this. I, I also would like to co-sponsor, and, and I share similar sentiments as Commissioner Geller. The fact still remains, Representative Stark, that in Broward County, if you're black, you're more than twice, almost 1.9 times likely to be stopped for seat belt violation than if you're white. It's about 2.4 times in Palm Beach County. So we still have the problem. I hope that you'd go further and look to see how possibly penalties can be put in place for those who utilize uh, the power in their hands to discriminate against certain groups of people. Thank you. Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, Madam Mayor, uh, is it possible that I can respond to Commissioner Holness? I wanted to get all the comments okay, out of the way no and problem. then I'll have you, I'll, I'll give you time to respond. Okay. It, it, as much as I think that comments that have been made and the, and the adjustment that uh, Representative Stark has been made, I, I still have a tremendous amount of uh, trust in the men and women who wear the uniform. Um, so that's not what my comments are about. My comments are very clearly, uh, this is, uh, I've been on the EMS Council for the last seven years since I've been on the County Commission. We took up the Take Five to Stay Alive, Don't Text and Drive campaign. Uh, five years ago with uh, race car driver Gabby uh, Chavez, who is a Western resident um, and graduate of, uh, I think, Western High School. Um, this has been an issue that's been very important to us here. We had, uh, we involved the Broward County Schools in doing uh, short films, short uh, videos about this issue. 
Um, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you know, um, the, the stats that Representative Stark mentioned are, are, are mind-boggling, but wouldn't you know, we're, uh, my wife and I were driving to the Broward Center on Sunday where we celebrated the Indi uh, Independence Day for India, and uh, there were thousands of people at the Broward Center, but coming around the bend at, at sunrise in US-1 where Searstown is, I couldn't help but to notice a car that was maybe not realizing there was a turn and was just going straight across all three lanes. Well. Uh, she was a young lady in a probably about a $400,000 Rolls Royce with her, with her phone like this just going straight for Searstown mm -hmm. until she corrected and almost <clears throat> hurt herself, other people, let alone the car. Um, it's an epidemic. People are all over the place on the road. It, it's, almost, uh, it's almost a certainty if someone's in front of you going really, really slow in the fast lane, they're texting and driving. Uh, it's almost a certainty if somebody's swerving. Uh, the, the one statistic I will I will repeat that uh, Representative Stark said uh, was how dangerously uh, close that the, this epidemic is that, that is making it worse than driving while intoxicated, driving while under the influence of, of any type of substance. Um, quite honestly, if you're not looking where you're going, you're going to hurt somebody, you're going to kill somebody, you maybe kill yourself. Um, so we, we do need a way to pull people over. So I appreciate you uh, being here. Thank you. Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you. I just wanted to applaud your effort. You've, since the minute you've gotten in the legislature, you've been trying to get this passed. And I appreciate your persistence. And when the, when the time comes, I wanted to know if you wanted to speak to the, you had added another part, from my understanding, having to do with school zones that is not in our backup. And, and when, you're, when you get a chance, I'd like to hear you speak to that. You put it in. Yes. Um, the next person, I have Bogan followed by Commissioner Rich, and then I'll go back to you, um, State Representative Stark. First of all, I commend you on, on, on the work, and uh, I'd like to be listed as a co-sponsor, Mayor. Gotcha. And I assume that the exception would be to me, so I can I can have sure. an exception or to the commission. No, but thank you for your work. I support it. Okay. Commissioner Rich? Yeah. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, well, uh, I've been really proud of your efforts, uh, Representative Stark. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, actually, it was a little over about two decades of legislators trying to pass a primary seatbelt enforcement bill. Um, and uh, I'm just, you know, proud of the fact that I happened to be the one there, you know, to get it passed. And um, I have to say, thousands and thousands of people lost their lives during the years that the legislature would not act. And uh, so I, I um, you know, I just pray that it takes a lot less time. Uh, it's already taken too long, but it takes a lot less time for you to get this primary enforcement done. And I am pleased uh, we did have the racial profiling included uh, in the uh, primary seatbelt enforcement bill. My friend uh, Senator Joyner was very involved with that. And uh, so I'm glad to see, obviously, that you have that uh, um, uh, as a component of this very important. So uh, we'll all be, um, you know, contacting legislators and do what we can do to help your efforts. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Udine, do you want to be on as a co-sponsor? You're the last one left. As a co-sponsor, and I'm supportive of this. Okay, got Let's it. Let's add tweeting, Facebook, texting. Yep, you got it. Texting, okay, uh, so on item number 127, minutes secretary, um, we need to add uh, Commissioner Geller, Vice Mayor Beamfer, 
uh, Commissioner Holness, Commissioner Bolgan, Commissioner Ryan, and Commissioner Rich as co-sponsors on this item. I just want to make sure we're reading it into the record for that. Okay, the next thing, I want to go back to Representative Stark. Um, what Vice Mayor Fur was referring to was his, he had um, added in a uh, backup item to our agenda to, that just had a couple of lines in regards to the um, school zones and enforcing this in the school, school zones with a double penalty. And so um, I believe that's what he's asking you to speak to. And he's asking the board to uh, make an amendment to the resolution, correct? Okay. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Uh, the uh, bill last year, uh, this, part, this part was added to the bill last year. Uh, for a violation committed in a legally posted school zone or designated school crossing, regardless of where the violation with respect to a prior conviction was committed, the amount of the fine prescribed for the violation shall be doubled. And I expect uh, we'll probably have it again in the, in the statute this year. Uh, there was one last thing I, I did want to mention uh, uh, regarding uh, a statement uh, by Commissioner Holmes. We happen to be on the same page, uh, and uh, you know, I, even though there's uh, nothing uh, you know, published yet, uh, there is a bill being worked on. Uh, I'm, I'm part of that uh, to address uh, traffic violations and stops across the board regarding racial profiling, not just for seatbelts and for, uh, uh, for uh, texting, but uh, just all across the board. And I'll, as soon as we have some language, I'll let you see that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Representative, for being here. Commissioner Lamarca to close. Just, uh, <clears throat> I think Commissioner Udeen was being a little modest. I think it was 2009, October of 2009, Parkland became the first city to ban texting while driving, and uh, I want to thank you for I know this was something we were doing. Uh, by the time I got on here, you, you had already done it in the city of Parkland, so I want to thank you for that leadership. All right. Thank you. I have a motion on the item as amended. Second? Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that that passes 9-0. Thank you again, Representative Stark, for being here. Thank you very much. Okay. The next item that's on our agenda was item number 32 that was pulled from consent by Commissioner Lamarca. And can I can I take a point of privilege, Debbie, yes. before you leave? Commissioner Case, I just want to acknowledge uh, Commissioner from Hollywood is here on this item. Uh, and just thank you for being here and supporting it. Which item, sir? 32. 32. She's she, going to, does she want to? Did you want to speak to that? No, I wanted to speak to Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner. And uh, although I don't, we don't know each other, Commissioner Case, uh, if this is your issue, I'm with you on it. Um, I, I just want to uh, pull the item really just to, to talk briefly about, uh, I think everybody on this dais, but uh, also in the public understands how important shore protection uh, is for not only our pristine beaches, but uh, our upland infrastructure, the billions in tourism and hospitality jobs that it represents. Um, I wanted to take the, the time to just uh, thank Dr. Harado. I see Nikki, uh, Nicole Sharp and her team that have been tremendously uh, uh, supportive of, of these issues. But uh, I also wanted to recognize that Senator Latvala in uh, the Florida Senate uh, has just filed a bill to move what we accomplished over many years of hard work with county commissioners from around the state and our staff uh, to be $30 million a year last year wasn't quite where we were going. We're looking for 50 million a year in reoccurring beach funding from the state 
budget of uh, almost $86 billion um, and showed them what the return, return on investment is. I think it's 5.4 to 1. Um, it's a tremendous, uh, tremendously important issue to protect our, our upland infrastructure as well as uh, drive our economy. So I want to thank uh, our staff and everyone involved in this issue uh, for their hard work and, and again pledge my uh, service and support to commissioners in District uh, 6 and 7 for their forthcoming beach projects uh, as well as the uh, sand bypass at Port Everglades. Mayor. Vice. I'm sorry. sorry just County Administrator and Vice Mayor for. Uh, I'll wait till. Vice versa. Okay. No, I just, uh, um, while um, um, the commissioner took the opportunity to thank our staff, I also wanted to uh, inform the board that Nicole Sharp was honored. Nicole, you're just out there somewhere. Um, by the uh, National F um, Florida Shore and Beach Preservation Association for all the work that she's done. So thank you. Okay. And on that, yes. And Nicole, you've been doing a great job. Your presentations to all the cities. You've, you've been able to explain what's going on very well to everybody, and I, you'll, you'll have to keep doing that for a while because <laughs> it's, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to compliment and thank uh, Commissioner Mark for his work. He was just honored as um, legislator. Tell me what you got honored on. From the, in late September. Yes, you'll be, you'll be honored but as leg, legislator for, uh, legislator of the year for beach protection, whatever, yeah. something like that. Something good, something good. good, but 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 it was well. It's well deserved. You've been up to the yes. Tallahassee, and you've been uh, advocating advocating for us from the get go. Mm -hmm. And I know the uh, I know your constituents appreciate it, but so do mine. I'm sure Tim's do as well. Um, so, but I do want to, did want to thank our staff for all the hard work as well. So thank you, and thank you, Commissioner Case and City Hollywood, and I heard from City Hollandale as well. They were thankful to see this. Thank you. Can I have a motion on the item, please? Second. All those in favor of item 32 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes on a 9-0. Next item off of our consent agenda is item number 89. That was pulled by Vice Mayor Fur. Thank you. This is a big day, actually. Um, this is something we've been working on for about three years. And what this does is actually blends the and allows for all 270,000 students at Broward County to finally use all the Broward County Public Library online resources. That is a tremendous, they don't know they have the keys to the kingdom yet, but they do. And for teachers, this is a tremendous opportunity to be able to utilize all of those for planning, for resources. And I just want to thank um, our director, Kelvin, uh, for, this was, a this was a technological breakthrough on this. I don't see him, I know he's over there he's somewhere. But we, we were having to get, th thank you, Kelvin. Uh, for the last three years, we've been try doing paper, all kind of paper stuff, trying to get this permissions and stuff. And really, with a flick of a switch, you figure out how to make this happen. So, uh, I know two years ago we had had, we were, had had gotten library cards for all the elementary schools. We were still working on trying to get all the middle schools and all the high schools. And with this one item, we're doing them all at once. So, uh, kudos to the library staff and to our new director. And I'm thrilled with this happening. And uh, I'd like to make a motion to pass it. Second. All those in favor of item number 89 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes on a 9-0. Okay, that concludes our consent agenda. Now we're on to items that are on our regular agenda. Okay. Public and the public hearing, sorry. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. I'm still trying to catch up on my paper. Okay. Public hearing items are items number 103 to 118. So we're going to go on to 103. At this time, I do have some audience speakers signed up on 103. Okay, I got two for questions, three for questions. Okay, so item 103, I only have audience participation for um, questions only. So at this time, this is a public hearing item. It's a motion to adopt resolution of the Border County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, granting a new non-exclusive franchise to Cliff Berry, Inc. to provide vessel sanitary wastewater removal services at Port Everglades for a one-year term commencing on August 22, 2017. At this time, like I said, this public hearing is now open. Um, there's only three speaker sign-ups, and they're for questions only. Is there anyone else from the public that wishes to be heard on item number 103? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to the stage. So move motion. the item. All those in favor of item number 103 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show 103 passes 9-0. Item number 104 is a motion to adopt the resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, uh, granting a new non-exclusive franchise to Cliff Berry, Inc. to provide vessel oily waste removal services at Port Everglades for a one-year term commencing on August 22, 2017. Again, it is a public hearing. I only have two public hearing um, speaking cards on item 104, and they're for questions only. At this time, I'm opening item 104 to the public. Is there anyone else in the public that wishes to be heard on item 104? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this day. Second. All those in favor of item 104 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that item 104 passes 9-0. Item number 105 is a motion to adopt a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, granting renewal of a non-exclusive franchise to AFCO Agency USA LLC to provide cargo handler services at Port Everglades for a 10-year term commencing on September 27, 2017. I have no public speaker sign-ups. This is a public hearing. Is there anyone from the public that wishes to be heard on item 105? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to the dais. Second. All those in favor of item 105 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show 105 past 90. 106 is a motion to adopt a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, granting a renewal of a non-exclusive franchise to AFCO Agency US LLC to provide stevedore services at Port Everglades for a 10-year term commencing on September 27, 2017. Is there anyone from the public that wishes to be heard on item number 106? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this dais. Second. All those in favor of item 106 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show 106 passes unanimously. Item number 107 is a motion to adopt a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, granting the renewal of a non-exclusive franchise of the Port Contractors Southeast LLC to provide steamship agent services at Port Everglades for a five-year term commencing August 30th, 2017 and ending August 29, 2022. There are no public speakers signed up. Is there anyone from the public that wishes to be heard on item number 107? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this day. Second. All those in favor of 107 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? 
Let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 108 is a motion to adopt the resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, consenting to the assignment of a non-exclusive cargo handler franchise from Colliery Transport Company, Inc. to Logistic Everglades, LLC, to provide cargo handler services at Port Everglades for the remainder of a 10-year franchise term, which expires on February 25th, 2024. There are no pub there's only one public speaker for questions only on 108. Is there anyone else from the audience that wishes to be heard on item 108? Seeing none, the public hearing's closed. Back Move to the it. dais. All those in favor of 108, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 109 is a motion to adopt the resolution of the Broward County Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, consenting to the assignment of a non-exclusive steamship agent franchise from Colliery Transport Company, Inc. to Logistic Everglades, LLC, to provide steamship agent services at Port Everglades for the remainder of a five-year franchise term, which expires on February 29, 2019. There's only one speaker sign up for questions only. Is there anyone else from the audience that wishes to be heard on item 109? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this dais. All those in favor of item number 109 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that 109 passes unanimously. Item number 110 is a motion to adopt resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, consenting to the assignment of a non-exclusive Stevedore franchise from Colliery Transport Company, Inc. to Logistic Everglades, LLC, to provide Stevedore services at Port Everglades for the remainder of a 10-year franchise term, which expires on February 25, 2024. There's only one public speaker for questions only. Is there anyone from the public that wishes to be heard on item number 110? Seeing none, the public hearing's closed. Back Moving. to this dais. Second. All those in favor of item 110 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that 110 passes unanimously. Item number 111 is Madam a motion. Mayor. I'm sorry? Uh, on items number 111 and 112, I'm going to have to go through the same. The abstention process? Yes, okay, no problem. So I'm going to okay. read, it, read the item, and then you can go ahead and read Thank your you. statement. Okay, on item number 111, I only have one speaker who is the applicant signed up. Yes. I need to speak on 111. Okay, uh, after, after I read Daily the item, Joe, I I'll go ahead and open it up to the public, and then I'll come back to the dais for the abstention and the um, discussion, okay? All right. So 111 is a motion to enact an ordinance amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt Broward County Land Use Plan Map Amendment PC 17-4, establishing an activity center in the Pembroke Pines, Commission District 6. And I have one speaker on 111, which is Mr. Dennis Mealy. So at this time, I'm going to open it up to public com to the public. Mr. Mealy, do you want to speak? Or you want questions only? Just for questions. I should have written that on there. That's okay if you stay in the front right there, because I have two persons on the commission that are going to speak on it. Okay, so I'll go for the abstain the, the um, discussion first and then you can abstain. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Okay, Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you. I just want to make sure this included the language that was submitted by Pembroke Pines. County Attorney, does that include the language that was submitted by Pembroke Pines? Uh, we, I would have to defer to staff on that item. Okay, um, Mr. Mealy can answer that question then. Um, uh, Dennis Mealy on behalf of the applicant. Actually, on the second page of your backup in the bold face print is the language that Pembroke Pines was requesting. The Planning Council staff has said they have no objection. So I hope you would include it. Thank you very much. That's it. Would you like to make a friendly amendment to the item, Vice Mayor? I'll make a friendly amendment to include that language uh, as um, already approved by the Planning Council and submitted by the City of Pembroke Pines. 
Okay. So we have a friendly amendment made to the motion to include the language from Pembroke Pines. I have a second on that motion. Now at this time, I'll have the abstention by Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Mr. Mealy and I are previously law partners, and again, pending, same language as earlier, um, pending resolution of my final payments, which should be this week. Okay. <laughs> are you leaving the dais or staying on? Okay, perfect. All right, at this time I had a motion and a second on the um, item 111 as amended. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show that that passes eight with one abstention. Okay, item number 112 is a motion to enact an ordinance uh, amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt Broward County Land Use Plan Map Amendment PC 17-5 in the City of Deerfield Beach, Commission District 4, the substance of which is follows, an ordinance of the Broward County Board of Commissioners to amend the comprehensive plan, amending the Broward County Land Use Plan. Okay, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have seven speakers, one for questions only. So um, I'm going to open up the item to the public, and then I'll come back to this dais. The, item, the public hearing is now open on item number 112. My first speaker is Bernard Parnas, followed by Al Ricky. And if you all can line up in the front row. I'm, so, I'm sorry, he didn't put that on there. I'm just reading. I'm sorry. Commissioner Bernard Parnas. Thank you. Um, Al Ricky, Dennis Mealy, Brad Watson. Martin Osborne, Jerry Lee, Stefan Hoyer, and Eric Power for questions only. If you all could line up and get you started right now. Okay. Commissioner Barney Parnas. Yes. Um, this is a simple question. I represent the constituents in Crystal Lake. Does this body want to listen to the constituents or the owner of the golf course right to do business. I represent the constituents. They're against building, but so is everybody that lives around any golf course always objects because they love the view and they'd like to see the golf course go on forever. We know that may not be possible, but your decision isn't very difficult. It's either the constituents or the money. Okay. That's what it comes down to. So that's your choice, and I hope you'll make it wisely. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Al Ricky, followed by Dennis Mealy. I am requesting a nine-hole golf, nine golf course be maintained at Crystal Lake. No, golf is not dead in Florida, as the developers think. For this reason, that nine-hole golf courses are proliferating, and I have proven that the revenue that they will generate at Crystal Lake will be very profitable. A nine-hole golf course will be profitable. We have three condos being built right in the immediate area, Three, they're going to be two rentals and a big Horton development a few blocks away. This will generate golf players and 
we will generate enough players, new players, to the amount of about 432 that will pay revenues on a yearly basis of a million dollars plus. Now, I wanted to know, and the mayor of, of uh, Deerfield Beach asked me to get the cost of a nine-hole golf course, and I did. I contacted 18 nine-hole golf courses managers. The costs come in all around a quarter of a million dollars for a nine to maintain a nine-hole golf course. They went as high as six hundred thousand, depending on water, labor, etc. I used five hundred and fifty thousand as my cost. So, bringing in over a million minus five hundred and fifty thousand makes a nine-hole golf course very viable. There's a lot of nice things. First of all, the players that we have are the common people. They won't have a place to play because they can't afford it. I'm talking about the policemen, the teachers, the fire people, people that retired on limited incomes. I am urging that we have a nine-hole golf course. Now, the offspring will be that we already have the golf uh, holes built. We already have a beautiful uh, a golf uh, club. I'm going to tell you that with a properly, uh, a well-managed golf, uh, golf clubhouse with a bar, two bars, one outside, inside, uh, we will have a, a jumping place making money with extra activities. Thank you. So, um, Thank you. I do have an expert your time about is... nine-hole golf courses. Okay, but your time is up. And yeah, I may, have may I have to just speakers. give me one more minute, please? I, this is I, so important. I but I cannot because I have eight of, seven other speakers besides right. you. I appreciate you coming out. Our next speaker on the queue is Dennis Mealy, followed by Brad Watson, followed by Martin Osborne. Uh, good morning, Dennis Mealy, 200 East Broward Boulevard, on behalf of the applicant. Um, as we've been working on this project, we've heard a number of things in the community. We had four community meetings, uh, and our most well-attended was 80. We had other, another meeting with 60. Also, there was 1,046 notices sent out on this item because we have residents all around us. And so the first point I want to make is when we first started this effort, we had a lot of people opposed. And as we met with folks and showed them what we were doing, the number of uh, people opposing it dropped off significantly. Uh, our plan shows that we're going to surround our development with water. So we will have water separating us from our neighbors. That was a very important thing when we met with the neighbors. In terms of the viability of golf, uh, there's an outfit called the National Golf Foundation. It's based in Jupiter, Florida, and it is a support organization for the golf course industry. And even their publications are showing that golf courses are closing all over the country because there are fewer people playing golf. Uh, in 2016, over 200 golf courses closed in the country. The state of Florida has more golf courses than any other state by a huge margin. And the National Golf Foundation showed 
that the places that are having the most closures are the places with the most courses. The place with the most courses is Florida. The place with the most golf, golf courses closing is Florida because there's an oversupply. And this is all coming from a golf course industry support group, not from me, not from my client. My client is currently subsidizing the operation of the golf course every month. Um, the Planning Council staff recommended approval. The City of Deerfield Beach Commission unanimously approved it. So did the Deerfield Beach Planning and Zoning Board. And the Broward County Planning Council made a motion to approve, uh, passed a motion to approve on two readings. It also passed here on first reading on a unanimous vote. We hope you will support it again. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker is Brad Watson. Yes, good morning. Um, I represent the informal group of Save Crystal Lake Golf Course. The gentleman before me would give you the impression that nobody plays golf at Crystal Lake, that the facility is underused, and that is completely wrong. During the hot summers, sure, it's not used as much as it is during the winter, but my girlfriend owns a condo on the 14th green, 15th tee, and besides me being a regular golfer there, I see the golf activity quite a bit, all right? Unfortunately, by having this meeting at this time of year, a lot of the owners of houses and condos along this golf course aren't in town. We all know they're snowbirds. Many of them are Canadians who have bought their property because it is on a golf course. And they come down here every winter with the specific intent of living on a golf course and playing that golf course. Now, I've talked to, I don't know, maybe 100. I don't want to falsely uh, inflate that number. But about 100 who regularly play at Crystal Lake Golf Course and others like my girlfriend who's not a golfer, but her and her mother love the fact that they bought a condo on a golf course on a big open green space where they're seeing all these birds all the time. My uh, girlfriend's mother is looking out her balcony with binoculars. I played this golf course. If you all have never been there, besides it being a beautiful golf course, and maybe you all aren't golfers, but I played there this past Thursday, teed off on the 10th hole to begin with, and saw a very large flock of ibis. Now, if you know the bird's ibis, you're used to seeing white ibis. Well, most of this flock was the young brown and gray ones. A very large, healthy flock of ibis, and most of them were youth. By the time we got to the first hole, our 10th hole that day, they were all alongside on the rocks along the lake, and it was a beautiful thing seeing all these birds. Besides the ibis, there's a whole lot of Egyptian geese that make this course your home. You see a couple herons out there. There's a whole bunch of iguanas on this course. There's regular ducks. So before you just go, oh, let's ax the golf course. According to this lawyer's uh, information, fewer people are playing it. That's false, okay? But it's also a beautiful open green space. And is it a scam for people to buy property on a golf course? 
They're selling two condos right now. Thank you. And then to take the zoning away from them when they had the understanding they were buying golf course property, thank you very much. Mr. I Watson. pray you do the smart thing thank and the you. righteous thing. Okay. So we need to stick to our three minutes, otherwise everybody has to run over. Um, could you please be mindful of the three-minute time limit? I know you want to say something, and I know it's passionate, but I, I thank you for being here. Please stick to the time. The next person is Martin Osborne, followed by Jerry Lee. Please come forward. Good morning. Um, I wanted to state that I oppose bulldozing Crystal Lake Golf Course and converting it to houses. I hope that you will all reject this, this uh, proposal. I believe your primary obligation is the safety and quality of life for the current residents of Broward County, not developers, not businesses, and not for envisioned future residents. Quality of life entails clean air, water, open, unpaved, and non-developed land, beautiful land. We're currently, the current period that we're living in now has been referred to recently as the sixth extinction, mass extinction. And part of that is because of man's impact on the environment. I want to encourage you to halt this development. It's a beautiful um, land, as several people have spoken to. I play golf on that course regularly. There are wild animals all over there using it. That's right, I've just seen also, there's a bunch of baby ibises on that course. There are uh, raccoons. There are hawks that live there. There are migratory birds that stop by in the winter time on their way to South America. It's, it's, it's necessary for quality of life. You keep developing all of the land that's down here. The, Broward County is nothing like it used to be. It's really a disgrace. If you look at it, no one from Florida moves into Broward County anymore. They know that it's really become a cesspool. It's really horrible. People from Broward County are moving north and getting out of this place because we came here for the beautiful land, the open space. Now, as you know, because you tried to increase taxes to support um, uh, mass transit and also um, raising some money to uh, work on the traffic lights, and the, the voters of the county rejected it because they don't want continued development. We have terrible congestion here, and this is just going to add to it. I read the report that says that there is uh, that this is not going to impact traffic, but each and every development does continue to, to uh, add to that. Lastly, there was a state amendment, I think it was last time, to preserve and protect the land in the state of Florida, and I think overwhelmingly by 70% the voters of the state told their representatives, whether it's a local or a state, we want the land protected and to start buying up land. Developing this land is going against what the voters and the residents want. They want nature, land, grass, trees. They don't want any more pavement and houses. Uh, and I just want to thank you, and I want you to please consider all of those that the current residents want. You cannot grow to infinity. You need to understand and figure out how to coexist with an environment the way it is. We're running out of land. You can't just keep developing everything we have. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please oppose this. The next speaker is Jerry Lee, followed by Stefan Hoyer. Hello, I'm Jerry Lee, 4311 Crystal Lake Drive. I'm sure you're all aware of all my letters. I really hope you got through every single one of them. They are all very, very important. I may have made a mistake in Mr. Rosenzweig's forecast for the for the population, 
in our future. I have it in our minutes from the Planning and Zoning Board meeting that he stated it is 40 to 50% increase in the next 20 to 30 years. That is his forecast. I want to make that correct in all of my letters. Second, an attachment one of the Broward County Planning Council supplemental report, public services and facilities of the parks and open space paragraph. The city of Deerfield Beach has 381.6 acres in its parks and open space inventory. If you allow this land use change to be made, you're going to have to subtract 109 acres from that. That will leave you 272.6 acres of open space land for Deerfield Beach. With your ratio of three acres to every 1,000 people, that would then take it to a maximum population with 272 acres of open space. Your maximum population for Deerfield Beach will then become 90,866. Are you willing to tell Deerfield Beach they must stop their population at this number? Is Deerfield Beach willing to stop at this number? We cannot afford to lose this open space. Plus, we have burrowing owls. Did you see that email? Burrowing owls that are nesting in our golf course. This is our beautiful land here in Deerfield Beach. I can see that this does not interest some people, but it does interest most of us in the community. Do not vote for this. This is the wrong thing to do for this, for this city, this town, the county. Make it into a county park if you have to. Call for public space or public land. Make it a county park. Make it a state park. Do what you have to do. This is the last golf course that's available open to the public at an affordable golf course price. Please review all of those opinions one more time. Everybody came through. I'm going to yield. Thank you. The next speaker is Stefan Hoyer. Good afternoon, and thank you for letting me speak. Good I am the developer of the property, and I uh, wanted to come up here and uh, ad address some of the, the, the questions and also state my intentions for this property uh, not only today, but in the very long future from now. I understand that there are still a few residents that oppose this property, and I understand and I take your concerns very seriously. I, I know that it's a big change. Um, we did have been involved in this project for another, uh, about a year, a year and a half now. And uh, from the very beginning, we have been very <laughs> open and try to communicate with as many uh, uh, Chris, uh, residents around the Crystal Lake Golf Course who were interested in uh, what our plans were. And um, excuse me, Mr. Hoyer, I'm going to stop your clock for a second. In this chambers, we do not yell out while others are speaking. If you disagree with it, you must keep your comments to yourself. This is considered a civil place. As such, we conduct our business civilly. Mr. Hoyer is going to continue to speak now, and I would like for you to refrain from doing that. Thank you. Thank Mr. you, Mr. Hoyer. Thank you, Ms. Mayor. Um, so while we've been trying to accommodate all requests by, by uh, making uh, the, the property completely waterfront, uh, creating more retention that, uh, than that's required, uh, building an EMS station in the area that's currently underserved by that need, uh, and also uh, being, uh, being dedicated to providing a traffic signal once it's warranted by the county and completely paying for the costs, uh, and furthermore, 
uh, building uh, a three, over three-acre public park uh, is some of the things that we have listened to and tried to accommodate. And it breaks my heart a little bit that I cannot accommodate and try to do the best for everybody. Um, but uh, I, I promise you that if this is a project that you allow to move forward today, that not only doing these approvals, but doing construction and well after construction, I will be personally involved, my team will be personally involved to ensure that if there's any, any requests, any issues, whether it's people that feels like there's too much dust during construction, we'll be on it and we will, we will look out for the neighbors as much as we can, I promise you that. Um, as relates to the birds and, and the trees, I, I, I actually enjoy trees and I believe it's very important to provide habitat. We are saving most of the current trees on the, on the golf course and adding even more trees. Um, all I can say is I, I promise that I'm going to do the very best to be a great neighbor to uh, the ones who wants me to be a good neighbor to them and, and do the best for this community. Uh, and you got my word on that. So thank you very much. Thank you. The last speaker that I have signed up on item number 112 is Mr. Eric Power. Mr. Power, do you desire to speak at this time? I know you put for questions. Would, do you want to speak at this time or you want to just wait for questions? Okay, he's representative from the city of Deerfield Beach and he's here for any questions. So at this time, I'm going to close the public hearing portion of this item. I'm going to come back to this dais. Commissioners, is there anyone that wishes to speak on this item? Commissioner Geller, followed by Lamarca, followed by Eudine. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. As I said earlier, Mr. Mealy is my former law partner. Uh, and therefore, as I said earlier, until my final compensation comes out, I am abstaining because of a potential conflict only, which means I will not be leaving the dais, and I ask that the minutes reflect that. Thank you, Minutes Secretary, is that noted? Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I'm gonna ask uh, Ms. Henry, can I have uh, Ms. Boy come up to the podium? Ms. Blake Boy. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you just had a question on some numbers that were provided with regard to uh, green space, open space, um, and then I want to get into no something else after that on the, okay. the uh, designation of the property. Sure, attachment one, uh, the supplemental report for the recreation open space analysis. The 381.6 acres that the city of Deerfield Beach has in its certified table, um, actually when you're counting <coughs> golf courses, per the county plan, you can only count up to 50% of a single golf course up to 15% of your requirement. So on the city's certified table, of the three golf courses that they have right now, they're only counting 36.6 total acres towards that total. Once this golf course is, re if this golf course is removed from that, they actually won't lose acreage because that 15% will still be reflected in the other two courses that are there. So there will be no loss of open space, three acres per thousand residents requirement of the county plan um, based on this amendment. And the other two courses that are there are? The other two courses are the um, Century Village uh, Golf Course and the Deer Creek Golf Course. Okay. When, when, and uh, does public have access to either of those? Um, I would actually defer to the city. I'm sorry, I was, I was asking the young lady. Yes. <laughs> I know the answer to the question, but I'm asking her. <laughs> Sir, I'm gonna okay. have you removed um, from these chambers if you keep yelling so, out. Uh, so, 
with with regard to uh, okay, so I get my answer from from the dais, but nonetheless, okay. Um, with respect to the process, Ms. Boy, of mm -hmm. this coming here, we are a stop and a change in use, but this must go back to the city commission. Is that correct? Right. So every amendment that you see before you has been transmitted by the local government. In this case, the city of Deerfield Beach transmitted the amendment to the Broward County Planning Council for a proposed land use plan amendment. Um, I went to the Planning Council in March for its first public hearing. We had two public speakers at that meeting. It came back to the County Commission for consideration of transmittal to the state review agencies, I believe in uh, late April. Um, it came back to the Planning Council for its second public hearing um, in June. We had two speakers at that meeting also. Um, and now it's here for your consideration for adoption. The local amendment will also continue through its process. Once the County Commission um, adopts that, they will consider the local version of the amendment for adoption. Okay. Um, this isn't the first time we've had this situation, a similar situation before us. Uh, one was in the city of Fort Lauderdale, one was in the city of Deerfield Beach on the east side of town. Um, one was in Coral Springs. I think there's been four or five since I've been on this dais. So this is privately owned property, is that correct? That's correct, it's privately owned. Um, I was just pulling up on the, um, just on the aerial photo, um, just so that you could, we could get a visual of the course. And then to the north of there was the former Tam O'Shanter golf course, mm -hmm. and 50 of those acres were dedicated to open space. Um, in addition, there's an open space commitment as part of this amendment for another five acres of open space that would be maintained on the city's um, uh, open space uh, acreage. Okay. okay. Um, from a standpoint of, so we, we, we are a middle portion of this, and a lot of times we're asked whether it's a protected tree or something that, that a uh, group of advocates want to stop, they come here. Well, really, it's a city. It's a local. It's, it, I'm not of mind to preempt the city on what their business wants to be, and we've heard from the city. But, but separate from that, what can, okay, uh, if... Uh, Mr. Hoyer, if he, if he decides he does not want to run, pay, pay to run the sure. golf course anymore, if he is the owner of that land, what, what else can they do with that land? Sure. This designation is commercial res, uh, recreation currently. It's not recreation open space. So commercial uh, recreation is a more liberal category. Um, active and passive recreation uses, hotel, motels, and similar lodging accessory to the principal use. Um, outdoor and indoor recreation facilities uh, such as act, um, active recreation complexes, kind of like a boomers kind of thing, uh, marinas, stadiums, high life, frontons, bowling alleys, golf courses, um, dog and horse racing. Those are all acceptable uses in commercial recreation. And then also recreation vehicle sites, uh, temporary or permanent. And then also any accessory facilities um, that the local government determines um, is acceptable and supportive of the primary recreation use. Okay. Um, you, you probably couldn't speak on behalf of the, the, the landowner, the developer, but from, from a standpoint of, of all of those uh, uses, um, actually, if, if I might, um, Ms. Henry, can I ask the developer to come back up for a moment? Just for a question. Mayor. Or Mayor. Yes. Could Mr. Mealy and, and Mr. Hoyer come up, please? I'm not telegraphing my uh, my intent because I don't usually do that. But I guess from from a standpoint to get this, as much information as possible, um, if if for some reason uh, we were not to change this uh, use so that so that uh, residential can be can be built on, and let me just state. Uh, for the record that I received a few phone calls from residents from all around Deerfield Beach 
that were supportive of residential component because of the tax base in the city. I just want to get that on the record. So if you were not to have the ability to do uh, residential here, what would be what would be a, a use of this if you're not? Uh, I guess the question is, are you making money on the golf course? Because um, we heard from our friends uh, in Hollywood that they're subsidizing a golf course for half a million dollars a year. What else would be the next uh, uh, most cost-effective use? Let me say it that way. Um, Dennis Mealy again on behalf of the applicant. Uh, Commissioner, I can tell you that on numerous occasions in the past where we've had to analyze these alternatives, we look at the uses that uh, Ms. Boy mentioned. Uh, to, uh, before the Tamashaner course to the north became a city park on the east side and a cemetery on the west side, which actually was what the residents asked for. Pretty quiet, we huh? Were hmm? Pretty quiet. <laughs> we were analyzing all the options, and one of the things we had proposed to do was a water park, and that would be allowed under commercial recreation. Um, there's not a lot of good uses. There's not a lot of good financial uses in there, but there's some. And okay. I think they would have much more traffic and much more impact on the neighbors than what we're doing. Also, I forgot to mention, but Mr. Hoyer did, we're not only dedicating land for, but we are building an EMS station for the city because this area was annexed from unincorporated Broward a number of years ago, and it has very slow response times for EMS. So we volunteered to do that. Okay, one, one final question on that point. Has the city, with the city being here, is the city committing to staff that uh, EMS with their fire rescue? Yes, we've already met with the city manager and the fire chief. The city uses Broward County Sheriff's Office Fire Department, and they will staff it. Okay. Thank you. I don't have no further questions. Um, on a piggyback for that, um, Mr. Eric Power, you said you're here representing the city of Deerfield Beach. Can you come forward? You asked all of them except that one. Is the city supportive of this? Well, the city it will not advocate for or against any project, but this project has met all requirements for a land use plan that the city has requested to the applicant. Has the city voted uh, up or down for this project? Well, the, the item, you know, it's going up the ladder and down the ladder for the land use plan. So this item is scheduled for September 19th city commission meeting for the, the LUPA agreement. Um, at previous agreements, the city has voted, city commission has voted unanimously to approve it. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Now, is that uh, prior? Let me just, just so, I'm clear, so I'm clear. When was that uh, vote? I can tell you the dates if you want. Back in September of last year. September 16, 2016. 2016. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, the next person in queue is Commissioner Udine, followed by Commissioner Ryan. Just to add some context to this, because I'm the representative on the Broward Planning Council, um, most of these arguments came up at a couple vigorous planning council meetings and debates that we had on this. And when we saw the end product was, and, and Commissioner Lamarca asked a lot of the questions that were asked at the planning council, the use was much less intensive than what could legally be put on there right now. Most of the residents, or many of the residents, were in favor of the idea. The concepts that were brought up today at this meeting were also brought up, and, and I agree with a lot of them, uh, and, and the issues were made at the Planning Council, and there were satisfactory answers to everybody on the Planning Council, up to and including, if I'm, I'm going by memory, I believe the mayor of Deerfield Beach was asked if Deerfield was in a position to purchase the course and run it as a nine-hole golf course or some kind of golf course, and Deerfield is not in position to do that. They, Deerfield voted unanimously in favor of this, um, of this proposal. 
Um, and, and, and I think they mentioned at the meeting, and again, I'm going by memory, that there was another public course, Deer Creek, which we know is right very close to this. Um, there were other public courses in the area. And the schematics that they drew and they presented to all of us at the backup of the Planning Council showed buffering, water features, and an extremely nice community that fit into the context of the neighborhood. And I believe it passed the Planning Council close to unanimous. If or, or, yeah. Yeah. So, and there's, I think there's 14 or 15 people in the Planning Council. All these questions were hashed out. So I'm going to support this today. Um, I, I just think that there's no other alternative. You can't force a private owner to keep subsidizing something at a loss, and I'd hate to see a boomers or a water park go in there when we desperately need some housing that satisfies the affordability areas in the neighborhood. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan? A number of concerns were voiced by uh, the speakers here this morning um, regarding the impact of this development. Uh, one issue that was raised concerned the uh, transportation impact. Uh, I want to respond to the comments made by one of the speakers who stated that uh, the uh, referendum that was before the voters in the last election with regard to uh, a tax for transportation, that particular question was um, approved by a majority of the voters, 51% to 49%. It was tied to a question that had been advocated by uh, the municipal members of the Metropolitan Planning Organization to include an infrastructure tax. The voters uh, rejected that proposal to tax themselves for infrastructure improvements by more than 21 percentage points. Just to clarify the record. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan to close. Well, I don't know about to close, but um, I'll, I'd like to um, First of all, I'll say I also, as Commissioner Lamarca, I also received many phone calls um, uh, in support of this, um, and um, and based on speakers today who are opposing it, and phone calls I received in supporting, um, I look to the Planning Council of approval. I look to the local officials. The City of Deerfield has approved it, and therefore, based on on the city officials approving it, which represents the local committee and the Planning Council. And I've gotten both sides. I'm going to uh, support it as well. Thank you. Okay, so that was the final commissioner that I had in queue. That was what I meant by closing. And um, it's back to this day. Uh, I need a motion. Move it. Second. All those in favor of item number 112 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that that passes eight with one abstention. Okay, so that disposes of item number 12. 112, item number 113 is a motion to enact an ordinance amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt Broward County Land Use Plan Map Amendment PC 17-7 in the City of Plantation Commission District 5. This, um, on item number 113, I only have one audience speaker for questions only. At this time, I have opened it to the public. Is there anyone else that wishes to be heard on item number 113? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this day is for approval. Second. All those in favor of item 113 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that item 113 passes unanimously. Item number 113, 114 is a motion to adopt a resolution, the title of which is follows. A resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida. 
pertaining to the Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department amending Section 40.23 of the Broward County Administrative Code. Um, there are no audience speakers signed up on item 114. Is there anyone from the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 114? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this dais. All those in favor of item 114 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed, let the record show item 114 passes unanimously. Item number 115 is a motion to hold a drawing to award 25 taxi cab certificates of public convenience and necessity certificates and nine luxury sedan certificates to qualified applicants as authorized by the Byrd County Board of County Commissioners on June 13, 2017, public hearing item number 39. At this time, I would open this um, item up to the public. I do not have any public speaker signups. Um, the public speaking portion of this item is now closed. Um, may, um, staff will now select the winning lottery numbers and then read those numbers into the record. After the winning, lot uh, winning ticket numbers are read, if any member of the audience has questions, please exit the rear doors of the chambers and staff will meet you there to address your questions. <laughs> we used to have Vanna White. <laughs> you, you have a question? Okay, sure. Commissioner Lamarca? Mayor, if I might, and it, it's... Uh, it's not this exact item, but it is certainly this topic. Um, and I don't know if we would cover it, uh, being that we're going to a meeting straight from this uh, if we had a non-agenda. But there was a 90-day extension request for the United Drivers of Broward with regard to the wheelchair deadline. Um, are we able to address this in this body? Not, not, to, not on this item. No, um, when we, you, at some point. You could informally give us some direction regarding bringing back any necessary ordinance change. It would require an ordinance change to extend the 90-day deadline. Okay. Wait, can I make yes. that motion? Sure. Can make a motion that Cool. Can we, I lay this on the table first so there's sure. no confusion? Sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay item number 115 on the table temporarily for Commissioner Lamarca to insert a new motion. Thank you. Uh, with regard to a request that was given to probably all of our offices, the United Drivers of Broward, Inc., uh, the, uh, the request was for a 90-day extension of the wheelchair deadline uh, for those licensed uh, license vehicles that are uh, in process uh, that make a motion that we extend that 90 days. Second. All those in favor of the motion on the floor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. We'll bring Let, back the necessary ordinance change to that effect. Okay. Let the record show that. His motion. Go ahead. To br bring back an item that uh, will give will give us the ability to vote on an extension. On, on the, the United Drivers of Broward licenses that were the independent license that were that were uh, granted um, prior to the summer for 90 days. It's separate and apart from what we're getting ready to vote on. He, this is a new motion that he's just brought forward to give direction to the county attorney's office on the extension of the um, a 90 day extension on the United Drivers of Broward of Broward's request. the wheelchair licenses we issued before. No time. Thank you. Okay. All right. So with the minutes, Secretary, reflect that that um, motion passed on an eight to zero because I don't have nine. permission. You want it nine? Okay. Commissioner Geller is right there. He'd like to be shown as um, voting in the affirmative. Thank you. Okay. So now I'll take item number 115 off the table. I believe the staff have the numbers. 
the the winning um, tickets staff can you read those winning tickets yes um, Joe Jean for consumer environmental and consumer protection uh, the taxi driver only numbers are two zero three four two one zero two two one two three two zero one zero two zero zero two two zero three five two one two four two zero two 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 one one five two zero eight zero two zero zero five two zero four two two zero six seven two zero nine nine two zero four eight two zero six three two zero four six two zero five seven two zero five four two zero seven two two zero six nine two zero five three two zero five nine two zero zero three and two one zero eight bingo <laughs> now for the nine Thanks. luxury sedans okay slow Sorry. slow it down a little okay one zero zero eight seven one zero zero six eight one zero zero two six one oh one four zero one oh one two six one zero zero four two one zero zero eight eight one zero one zero nine and one zero one four five okay so yeah do you have them all minute secretary okay we're good okay at this time staff has already read the winning numbers all those in favor i'm going to close the hearing and then all those in favor of the um solidifying the winning numbers signify by saying aye aye, aye. all opposed let the record show that that passes eight to zero aye. where there's eight people on the dais, including you. Okay. Nine? Okay, we're on nine zero now. Sorry, Minute Secretary. It seems it's time for a break. Okay. All right, so that um, at this time, the, pub, uh, the public hearing is closed on item 115, and um, we have already solidified the winning numbers and voted. Thank you all for your participation and being here today. All right. The next item, uh, 116, was withdrawn. And so now we're on the Water Control District's public hearing. Mayor, for the record, would you have a vote on the withdrawal of number 116 because this was set for public hearing? Got it. Okay. So can I have a motion to withdraw item 116? All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed, let the record show that it passes unanimously. Item number 117. Um, is the Water Control District public hearing. Can I have a motion to open the meeting as the governing board of the Kokomar Water Control District? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that the, the meeting is now open. I need a motion to approve the reappointment of Randall Blanchett to the Kokomar Water Control District Advisory Board for the two-year term um, beginning September the 9th, 2017 to September the 8th, 2019. All those in favor of item B signify by saying aye. Aye, aye. All opposed, let the record show that that passes unanimously. Item number C, I need a motion to close the meeting as the Kokomar Water Control District. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that we've now closed the Kokomar Water Control District 
meeting. Yes, sir. It says District 2, uh, Kokomar Water District. Where, where is that? Where is the Kokomar? Is that Coconut Creek? Coral Spring? It's, it's uh, I believe it's Coconut Creek. Do I have a staff person that can exp John Krause, if you could come to the podium. Had a, had a discussion about this, but it's been a long time ago, Commissioner. The location. Just, Explain. Good morning. John Krause, Water Management Division Director. Yes, it's mostly Coconut Creek with a little portion of Margate, hence the name Kokomar. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, item number one. Well, here's another one coming for you. Item number um, 118, I need a motion to open the meeting as the governing board of the Water Control District. Number four. Okay. Yeah, Water Control District number four. Do you have a motion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. The meeting is now open. Item B is a motion to approve the reappointment of Jill Sarver to the Water Control District number four advisory board for the two-year term of September the 9th, 2017 to September the 8th, 2019. Can I have a motion? Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed, let the record show that um, that motion was approved. Item C is a motion to close the meeting as the governing board of the Water Control District Number 4. Can I please have a motion? Okay. <laughs> All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show that, that me the, motion is, uh, the meeting as the governing board of Water Control District Number 4 is now closed. Now we're on to regular agenda. The first item on our regular agenda is item number 119. It is a delegation request by Eric Kozlowski, Aaron Kozlowski, representing the Special Olympics. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon to you all. Thank you so much for allowing Special Olympics to present today. It's really an honor to be here with all of you. Um, my name is Erin Kozlowski. I'm a Senior Vice President for Special Olympics Florida, and I'm here today with my lovely colleague, Linda Mills, who has been a Broward County Special Olympics Director for over 20 years. We're here to describe our program and to request financial support for county transportation for our athletes within Broward County to get from their homes to our different venues for training and competition. We currently serve over 6,000 athletes in Broward County with year-round sports training, competitions, and medical care. 1,000 of these athletes need transportation in order to get to all of the things that we provide. We provide all of our services at absolutely no cost to the athletes and their families, which is crucial because 65% of all of our participants live at or below the poverty level. We serve anybody who has an intellectual disability who is age two and above. There's no age limit. This includes the entire autism spectrum, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, fragile X syndrome, and any intellectual disability. I will now have Linda Mills explain the impact that you all can achieve by supporting us. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, bring our proposal to you today. 
Um, as Aaron said, Special Olympics in Broward County serves over 6,100 athletes, unified partners, and young athletes. But we have the potential to serve almost 50,000 individuals with intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities, and autism. Transportation issues are the number one barrier to us achieving this goal. A few weeks ago, I had a chance to talk to one of my athletes named Jesse. He first participated in Special Olympics when he was in middle and high school. Then, after he graduated, he moved into a supportive living situation that was on the other side of town. He lost touch with his friends and his fellow athletes. Then two years ago, one of his friends found him on Facebook um, using social media, and they reconnected, and Reggie asked um, Jesse, come back and join our teams. Well, it just so happened that Reggie's teams all practice at Nova Southeastern University. That's about ten and a half miles from... Um, Jesse's house to go and reconnect with his friends. So um, since then, he has been going out there by either private uh, transportation, which um, costs him, I'm sorry, it's a two hour, if he goes by public transportation, it's a two hour bus ride out there. Then he has to walk from the bus stop almost one mile to the actual training facility on Nova Southeastern University. He practices for an hour and a half and then takes that two-hour bus ride back home. He has um, used Uber before, and it's a 20-plus one-way trip when he's using Uber. Jesse only has a part-time job at the AMC theaters, and it takes most of that income for him to become or to keep up his part in Special Olympics. He loves being in Special Olympics. Since being back in the program, he's lost over 45 pounds in the last two years. He eats healthier foods because he knows this will help him be a better athlete. He is thrilled to have his social life back and be with his old friends and make new friends because of Special Olympics. He told me that being back in Special Olympics is the best thing that's happened to him. So that's why we're here asking you to help us provide transportation so that we can provide our program to even more athletes and consistently to those athletes who are already a part of our program here in Broward County. Thank you. At this time, um, I'm going to come back to the dais. I know that you had been um, speaking to Commissioner Geller and also Commissioner Bogan has asked to speak. Um, Commissioner Geller, since I know yours is going to be a little bit longer, I'm going to go ahead and let Commissioner Bogan speak and then I'll go right back to you. Okay? Yeah, gotcha. I got you. Commissioner Bogan. You know, um, Special Olympics is a great organization, so I want to tell you right up front, I think you have a great organization. However, there's the but. How do I, as a commissioner, approve transportation when every other great organization wants money for transportation? Like tomorrow, the Boys and Girls Club. And, and so I got an issue. I mean, I could see maybe we can give you free, uh, free passes on all of our public transportation, maybe our, 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 you know, what we have going, but I need to hear maybe from my other commissioners, tomorrow the Boys and Girls Club are going to want transportation, and then after that, another organization. I love your organization, don't get me wrong, but in, in determining dollars and how they're spent, um, you know, I, I certainly want help, and um, I certainly would be for giving them free trans uh, passes if we have them, free train, bus, whatever we can do on a tri-county or own county basis, but, but I need to hear of what do we do when the next wonderful organization says, you help them, what are you going to do for us? So, so 
Really, you will be having a tremendous impact on the future of Broward County because every single one of our athletes could potentially be solely <laughs> dependent on Broward County for food and housing for the rest of their lives. But it is a fact that 54% of Special Olympics athletes are employable, while the rest of the intellectually disabled population in your community is at 10%. So you're going to be changing the future. These people are going to be able to have careers. They're going to be able to have social lives, and they will not be dependent on you. But what does that have to do with what I just said? Because all of the rest of these organizations, all of those people don't have intellectual disabilities, and so they do have the ability to just go out and get any job. That's, it's totally different. For Special Olympics athletes, they need an extra support system, and we need the support from you to be able to bring them and to participate. So you're distinguishing yourself saying that the, the, the people who participate in Special Olympics don't have the ability to get maybe access to money on their own or have jobs on their own while, where you're saying other organizations, those people will and... I'm saying that other organizations may just be um, supporting people who are living at like a very low socioeconomic level, but there are still jobs that they can go out and get. Whereas people with intellectual disabilities have been um, classically conditioned for years to feel that they shouldn't go out and do any of these things. And so what Special Olympics does for them is it gives them the confidence and the self-esteem that they need to be able to go out and take that step to get employment. And the difference is that anybody who's participating in the Boys and Girls Club is not going to be able to claim disability and have you fund their food and housing for the rest of their lives the way our athletes could. I, I, I just used them as an example. I didn't mean right. just the Boys and Girls Club. Okay, I, I'm going to let the, the other commissioners chime in. See okay. Commissioner Geller? Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, and Commissioner Bogan, you raised a good point, which I'll, I'll, I'll touch on in my brief remarks. But I've worked closely with the developmental disability community in the past, and I've met with them. I've met with uh, uh, Paul Strobis, the paratransit manager, and Chris uh, Walton trying to figure out what can be done. There's a threshold issue which I wanted to bring to this uh, dais to decide whether or not there should be any funding. Well, let me tell you what, I've, what I think we've worked out. I think having met with them that we can actually really accomplish what they want, not for the million 90,000 that they're asking for, but probably for a number between 175,000 and 250,000. Before, there, and there's some questions. If we're going to proceed on this, you know, having met with the county attorney, we want to make sure that we do this in a fashion that there is no legal liability for the county. Uh, their request is currently that, um, or as we're working, that only children under over 13 would be eligible for these. And there may be a question whether or not it's appropriate, whether a person with developmental disabilities at 13 is old enough to be in a cab without any uh, adults, although we presume that in most cases there will be an adult with them, but that's another question. But what I wanted this board to do a policy decision on, following up on what Commissioner Bogan is, to authorize us to proceed to negotiations to come back to this board to come up with a program that will accomplish what they want. We think it can be done between 175,000 and 250,000, not the million ninety that they're asking for. But before we did that, we need a direction from the board as to whether or not it 
we want to fund this at all. And Commissioner Bogan, just to follow up on what she was saying, one of the important things and the reason that we were finally able to pass insurance for children with autism is because we realized that if you properly fund uh, education, training, things like that, while children are younger, you can make them productive for the rest of their lives. And if you do not provide these types of things, then what's going to happen is these people will be, if you can use the phrase, wards of the state for their entire lives. It seemed that the investment is certainly needs to be treated as an investment. But of course, I could say the same thing about Boys and Girls Clubs as well. I recognize your viewpoint. That's a very good example of investment now will reap a multiple return in later years. So I want direction from the board. If we're willing to fund it, I think it can be done between 175 and 250, and I will follow up in with negotiations with them. But we need to reach that threshold question first. Um, Commissioner Geller, is um, this is this an annual ask? Yes, ma'am. This is a recurring number that they're okay. asking for. Okay. Um, the next person in queue is Commissioner Chip Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. I, I, I want, just want to state, uh, number one, I'm uh, on the honorary board for many, many years for uh, Special Olympics Broward County, and uh, I know the work they do with not just the annual event, at Nova Southeastern, but in many other sports and uh, the way they touch members of our community. Uh, we had a uh, function with the Knights of Columbus out at Central Regional Park last uh, two weeks ago and uh, very well attended from athletes from all around the county um, and members of the community to support and help. Um, so I'm very supportive of, of finding a way to utilize our existing resources uh, or some way within that. And I had a, a similar meeting with uh, uh, both uh, Mr. Walton and Strobus and uh, support getting to a point where we can offer something like this within our, our county uh, resource or county services. Um, I would say that if you bring up, if, if other organizations come where there's a legitimate need, I know in the past uh, many, many of the resources that, for example, Boys and Girls Club use are uh, school buses. Well, their big, their big issue for resources is when uh, we're in the summertime and those, those resources aren't there. Um, if we can do for one, we could probably do for those who can show the same need, but um, they're not here right now. Uh, Special Olympics is here. So um, I'm supportive of this, and I want to try to find a way to, to utilize what we have with, within Broward County, and we have uh, quite a uh, transportation division, so uh, our department, so I'd like to figure out how we can do that. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Rich, followed by Holmes. Um, this is a little painful um, because I think there's not a person up here that does not appreciate the work that Special Olympics does. And I have been in the legislature and voted on funding. But I have to say that I, 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 have, a, I have a problem with um, something not being a part of a process. You talked about policy, but there's also process. We have many providers in this community. We passed today the Children's Services Board money for special needs children. These are for so many providers in our community that provide for special needs children. And those children are facing the same barriers and the same issues that these children face. So we have people who went through a process through the Children's Services Board, and then we have, you know, someone who's coming here to us to ask 
for recurring dollars, which is out of uh, kind of sync with all these other providers in our community like ARC, CDTC, all these wonderful people who, you know, every year come and uh, go through RFP process. I mean, I, I um, you know, I, I guess I'm saying, you know, I would be willing to look at something for this year, but I would not be willing to go to recurring because I think it's unfair to all the other people and all the other providers that provide for special needs children in our communities. So, um, you know, I don't know exactly where we go for, from here, but I mean, if we want to add more money in the budget to the Children's Services Board, I'm all in favor. Let's add money there and then put everything through a process rather than coming through and not really us not knowing what debate, what dialogue <coughs> has taken place to get to where the people were today that came in and put in a, a, a proposal to us for over $13 million that went through an RFP process. Thank you. Commissioner Holness? Yes. It, what you do is great. It's good that people move and, 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 and exercise and, and participate in sports. It does great for them, their health, for their mental state. But in this process, I'm wondering where we're going to find the funds from. And it's recurring. And, and we've been through a process, and they're competing interests. <coughs> There are other folks out there who needs it, needs funds also. Not that your cause isn't a great cause, it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, how do we leapfrog over those other folks and do this? It, it, it's a challenge. Uh, and the amount is quite a bit, and it's recurring. And I'm thinking, for this kind of money, we could buy you a couple of vans, and, and you find some volunteers and take care of it, rather than having a recurring amount but we're still going to have to figure out where we get the funds from. Uh, so, I mean, a million is a lot of money. And even when we go down to 175000 to 250000 still quite a bit uh, of recurring cost. So I, we have a budget uh, workshop in, in a few minutes. Uh, I, I think that's probably the place that uh, this discussion ought to be held in, in the budget process. Thank you. I'm going to close by saying this, that um, coming before us and asking for a request, that's appropriate. She's doing the appropriate thing. When a public has a, a request of this board and it concerns funding, we have to put it on as an item and it has to come on as a delegation request. So her um, actions are appropriate. So I appreciate the fact that you have followed the protocol and putting it on the agenda for discussion. Secondly, um, the reoccurring aspect of it does have to be addressed during the budget process, and we're in the process of budget, and so it is appropriate for us to include it in one of our budget discussions and have a uh, more uh, in-depth and detailed pro um, thought, you know, thought behind it in a discussion. And so uh, while today um, there may not be consensus to do reoccurring, there is an opportunity to have this presented in our budget discussions and maybe at some point we can find some level of funding for it. But it, it, you did appropriately. You did a fine job. You do a great job. We appreciate you coming here. Um, at this time, Commissioner Geller, I know you said you wanted to proffer a motion. Yes, Madam Mayor. I, I'm looking for direction from the board to come to further refine a plan to come up 
with a proposal for approximately $200,000 to work with specifically the county attorney who raised some concerns to work with the transportation people to work with the Special Olympics for one year. Obviously, we're not binding any future government, but I'm looking for direction from the board as to whether or not this is something that we should be proceeding with now for a one-year so uh, 200,000 like appropriation. Would you like to add it into the budget discussion so that it can be, um, you can have time to work out what your ask is? Um, okay. Uh, I'm just trying, like I said, I was just looking for direction from the board at this point in time. If the direction from the board is to take no action now, but put this into the budget uh, discussions, that's an action. If the board wishes to say, sounds good, bring us back a firm proposal, that'll give us time to negotiate something. I'm uh, at the pleasure of the board, Madam Mayor. Okay, at this point, Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for being here today. And I think all of us, as everybody said, appreciate everything you're doing. But I think I would prefer right now to refer this to our transportation department for consideration for to let them they they know how to get around in this county and maybe they can come up with some ideas that would that would before we think about what we're funding what's a, what's the best way of getting people from a to b and 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 letting it and maybe working with our transportation department finding out where everybody is i know they're everywhere but you know what are some possibilities and i think that makes more sense okay to, to start we've, off with. we've already done that when I talked okay. with them yesterday, they, they were suggesting this still needs to happen. Okay. So that's why I'm saying this. So these things can occur at the same time. Sure. So what we can do is um, we can have this uh, item, <coughs> this discussion, go back to staff under the purview of our uh, Chris Walton, our transportation director, and he can further work to develop what the actual need in terms of dollars is going to be and that can be incorporated into our budget workshop and our discussion on what we can fund from our general fund. Okay? I think, yes. I mean, the Commissioner of Government, otherwise being new here, you can make a motion and you can vote on it. Well, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to help him to craft the motion that he wants to vote on. If he wants to vote it up or down today, that's fine. You want to vote up or down on the 200,000 or do you want to go back and do it? Madam Mayor, I'm not, Thank you, thank you, Commissioner Bogan. There's no finalized program to vote on today because we have not completed the negotiations. Again, county attorney raised some specific concerns that have to be worked out with transportation, and we need to come up with the exact numbers, and they've suggested that through negotiations we can lower the numbers. We don't want to do all of that if this board's position is we don't want to give them, let's say, $200,000 because they didn't go through a process. If the, so what I was here just looking for is direction from the board. If we can do this for approximately 200000 and we can work it out, is this something that the board is willing to do? I would move that, okay, if, so that we pass something contingent on working those in the, items In the out. entire discussion, part yeah. of what I have to do is pay attention. Right. You don't have consensus today to vote this through. Okay. And I'm trying to craft it in a way so that you can come back before the board after budget discussions 
and try to um, get a resolution on it. But today, right now, I don't. You don't. Even, you don't have six. You don't have five. You don't have four. So everybody who has spoken, yeah, I don't even think you have three. But but from everybody who has spoken today, there's no consensus to move forward with the funding request, and we're trying to get you to the point where bo the board may be comfortable with that. And so my job is just to help you get yeah, there. Sir, yeah. There you go. All righty. So at this time, that is the will of the commissioner. I thank you again for coming out, and uh, we are going to move forward. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for your consideration. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. The next item on our agenda <clears throat> is item number 121, and we are on the regular agenda still. There is, this item has um, motion A, B, C, D, and E. I do not have any public speakers signed up on this item. I need a motion on, on item 121 to vote on A, B, C, D, and E at one time. Yes, Commissioner Lamarca. Prior to you moving it, Mayor, if I might, uh, there was I, I received a concern from Henderson Behavioral Health with regard to um, the Homeless Continuum of Care uh, Advisory Board. Um, is this something we want to touch on before we move forward? Did you sure. receive the same? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it was motioned and seconded. Okay. You can, you can discuss. So I'm not sure. Is someone here from Intergovernmental Affairs? Mr. Labrador or somebody from? Oh, there's two. Ms. Sandville and Mr. All right, Labrador. Well, we, got, we got two out of three. Uh -huh. So if, if I might, Miss um, Campbell, are you here? If you could come to the podium as well. Um, I understand that there's been some some discussions about um, that item, Commissioner Lamarca, that happened shortly after the meeting started. Okay. So I'd like to. Okay, and I'll just touch on this, and you can address it. Uh, whoever's okay. most, most appropriate. Um, right today to share my concern regarding the item on the commission agenda. It's this item A: Sunset Review Recommendation Attachment related to the Homeless Continuum of Care Board. If approved, this item result in the immediate removal of knowledgeable homeless service providers being able to serve on the board as advocates. The knowledge and commitment of the current advocates serving is important to moving our agenda of resolving homelessness forward in our community and goes on to say that it would decrease the representatives of the homeless providers and stakeholders council by one, which is unnecessary and will diminish knowledge. Prior to you moving forward, Commissioner Lamarca, what's on our screens? Gareth Curtis proposed design. Why, why is that up there? Public art. I don't know why it's on Public art. No. I don't know why. <laughs> no, but it's being broadcast at the same time you're talking about this. I'm not sure if that's really good. I'm just glad they have a little pony along with the big horse. Well, it's not applicable to the discussion, but okay. It's, it's definitely not. <laughs> okay. So. Still up there. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Anyway, if I. Are they going to answer your question? I, I just, uh, Ms. Henry, if we could have someone from, uh, why don't we go with inter Intergovernmental okay. Affairs to find out why that was removed, uh, or uh, Ms. Campbell to, to find out if that what I just read was a concern. He's, they're going to, they're trying to modify this. <laughs> okay, Ms. There we go. Yeah, I take some musician. Ms. Musicians. Campbell. Okay. <laughs> Good afternoon. Sorry. 
Yes, ma'am. So, yes, yeah, so the council has uh, the chair position and the vice chair position both as seats on the continuum of care board. And so their recommendation is to remove the vice chair so that they, they already have the chair that represents them. So they don't need two seats. And then to replace that with a representative to uh, represent affordable housing. Okay. Is it, what, do you see any concern with, uh, with that statement I just read from, this, uh, from uh, Henderson? If I, if I might, and I think the issue is, if I, if I understand this correctly, losing someone on the board um, that's been involved and, and an advocate, and I thought that um, part of our discussions uh, really have centered around that, you know, vacancies come up on that board pretty routinely, and it's going to take some time for the ordinance changes to effectuate what has transpired, and our goal would be to obviously keep those individuals that are vested uh, in this issue. So we were trying to work through it from that way. And, and if anyone else has any other issues to add, please. That's correct. We're, we're making decisions that are in the best interest of the continuum of care board as opposed to individual people that serve in the seats, knowing that vacancies come up and the commission has the authority to appoint people into those seats wherever they see fit. But we want representation of both the hospital districts and affordable housing, which are two missing seats on that continuum of care board. And we can't let it get so big that it's so unwieldy that it's just too big. There's already 28 voting members. So, Okay, and then I also uh, would pose a issue with uh, quorum as well. The larger you make the board. Right. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to bring it up because it was brought to my attention. That's really one of the purpose. Commissioner, uh, Vice Mayor, did you and I'll speak to it in a minute. Commissioner Rich. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I, I just want to say uh, um, that I, I serve as the uh, designee on this board from the County Commission. And um, I also just kind of learned about this uh, uh, kind of issue even though I knew obviously about the change in the, uh, uh, in, in the makeup of the board. But it does, I, I will say, uh, Commissioner Lamarca, that I, I do have some concerns about knowledgeable um, homeless advocates that have been there a long time. And I do agree, we don't do it, we don't fill slots because of people. We want to put the, the right agencies and organizations there. But sometimes my, my experience has been that um, some of the people who are advocates who can't be considered in the, for the advocate slot because they're involved or are part of an agency, which would give them a conflict, and then sometimes the people that are put in as advocates don't have quite you know, the experience and knowledge that the, the, these people had. So I, I, th I think that um, you know, we do need to make room for the affordable housing person. I think we do need to make room for the second hospital district so that we have both hospital districts. Um, but I, I think that um, it goes to the county, I believe, for reorganization, and it does take time. And I think that um, we need to you know, be mindful of the people who have a lot of skills that might you know, lose their positions on this board. Uh, as a result of the reorganization, and as uh, Kim mentioned, uh, there are, uh, you know, these, these slots are filled by committee, by commission appointments, and we need to make sure that the people that are appointed have that broad range um, of experience. And there, as you said, I mean, there are a couple of people who are caught in the middle of this right now who are extremely valuable people and, um, you know, hope that we would be able to uh, work it out so that they could 
uh, have positions uh, on the board. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Mayor Fur. Thank you. I'm okay with the, uh, with definitely with adding the, the extra hospital district, but on item number 10 of that, where it crosses out advocates for the homeless, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we should keep those people on there. Those are the people that are on work on it to me. On a regular basis. On a regular basis. They, yes, there will be conflicts, but then they, they know when, they, when they're not supposed to vote. So by legal, you know, they know when they have to recuse themselves and when they don't. Um, I, would, I would proffer that we go ahead and pass this, with, but um, take out the, the part of striking out the advocates for the homeless. So you're in favor of leaving one additional member on that board then? Yes. Well, it's saying, yes, you're right. Yes. Yes. You want to leave one additional member. Okay, so then how That's would correct. that work out? when they get ready to vote. We have 29, you said? I hadn't counted them all. <laughs> well, you need to have an uneven number. Correct. Well, they were going to 28. Okay, oh, what, so, you, what so do you have? Um, Eddie? Mr. Labrador. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, in, in, in respect to number 10, uh, I, I believe that when there was discussion before the Homeless Continuum of Care Board, there was a consideration of the fact that, you know, it's even though you're reducing, you're going from from four to three members, uh, you are expanding that to include representatives of youth, family, and veterans, which are considered advocates for the homeless. Uh, right so now you're, you're, you're being more specific. And, and so the recommendation is to be more specific as to who those advocates are. And they're going to be representatives of youth, family, and veterans. So. Okay. So there was, a, there, there was a bit of a compromise, as I understand it, uh, in doing that. And, 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 and the reductions is to take into consideration the additions that we're doing with respect to uh, the hospital districts and in some other areas. For example, there's also an addition, I believe, on page, uh, if you look at page 10, oh, and on, on, on number 21 on page 9, which is the adding of the affordable housing developer. So there's a give and take uh, on, on moving the membership. Yes. And I, and I misspoke. I actually wanted to keep um, the four advocates for the homeless there. That's why this board is, exists. This board exists, what, well, it says what was, what was scratched out was four, and what was in there before, what was there before was four advocates for the homeless appointed by the board. It was, that was scratched out in, an, in favor of three advocate representatives in the areas of youth, family, and veteran affairs. You're taking away the four advocates. No. No. All right, tell me, tell me explain it to me. I know that I understand that they can advocate for youth, family, and veteran affairs. I understand that. But I also understand what's being taken away, which is those people that work to me. From my understanding and from my conversations with people that are on that board, that you are taking away direct, those many of those advocates that work for the homeless on a regular basis. Mr. So, Wright, um, I'm Michael Wright. I'm the administrator of the Continuum of Care and the board coordinators. So um, we're in a highly competitive environment with applying for HUD funds, and the um, the only thing that takes people's voice away is the conflict of interest rule. So we have a very a highly conflicted board. We're getting ready to vote on our HUD continuum of care um, application in a few weeks, and we're going to have 
six, possibly seven members of the COC board of the 22 members who will have a conflict of interest and can't speak or vote on the items. So part of this restructuring of the COC board is to address that conflict interest. So the folks that you're talking about cannot speak or vote on any county funded, state funded, or HUD funded um, projects. So that's what limits their voice in terms of voting. Their voice is not limited in any way in terms of uh, participating in continuum of care committees. Once you become a, a member of a continuum of care committee, you're a member of the continuum of care um, voting process. All your uh, experience and um, professional input is uh, facilitated through that process. So we're looking, right now we're doing the HUD NOFA and they have a <clears throat> scoring category for engagement. And they're, they're scoring us on our engagement around youth, families, and veterans. So we had a veteran seat that was on our COC board and the VA would not fill it because they said they had a conflict. So that seat went unfilled. So we want to have an advocate who represents veterans, an advocate who represents families, and an advocate who represents youth so that we will be more competitive and that those advocates can speak freely and engage the continuum and help us formulate policies. When we uh, went to apply last year for the youth demonstration grant uh, through HUD, we had a gap in the way that our continuum is responding to youth homelessness. And so this is another vehicle to help fill that with having targeted advocates for, for those specific subpopulations. I appreciate that, but as a commissioner, I really do want to, do want to be advised by mm -hmm. those people that are out there um, on a day-to-day -day basis that, that work with the homeless. And many of these advocates are those people. And I want to hear from them. This does not preclude that. I know, but I, I would rather see them on the board. I've been on the homeless continuum of care board for many years mm -hmm. prior to my um, handing over that reign to um, Commissioner Rich and I can tell you that um, everyone that is involved in our community and involved in any uh, activity in terms of assisting the homeless or getting the word out about what their needs are, they are present in that room and they are un allowed to speak. And most of the time when we come back with items, it is from full input, not just from the board, but also from community partners. It is a lot of community partners out there, right? I think at one point, Mr. Wright, there was over 400 community partners to help with homelessness. Or with people, yes. Yes, with people. Oh. And so um, I don't think that we have a shortage of hearing their voices, Vice Mayor Furr, and if that's any comfort to you, I have said, and I, I see it, <laughs> but he wants, so um, at this time, is it possible? Can, can we wrap this up? Because we have, a, it's 1231 and I have to um, go ahead and, and, and uh, put the meeting on hold to go to the workshop. And there, um, if we were just Speaking on item A, that was, I'm fine with that. I had a question on item E. Thus far all the discussion has been on item A, so I haven't said anything. Yes. You want to ask? No, no, Madam Mayor. Thus far, all of the discussion has been on item A. I have a question on item E. I haven't said anything because we've just been no. on A. You can go ahead and say we're, it. If we're up to E, then I'd like to speak. You can say okay. whatever okay. you like. Thank you, Madam Mayor. The concern that I have on item E, and I've discussed this with staff, and I understand the reason that they're doing this. They, 
are suggesting that it takes too long to fill vacancies, which is why they're suggesting that change. I just want to remind this board that um, in the past, there has been at least one commissioner who, whenever a vacancy came up, had a tendency to fill that, those vacancies immediately. So you had one commissioner appointing a vastly disproportionate amount of the appointees to the boards. With the nine of us that we have today, that's not an issue. None of us is doing that, and that's what staff has indicated. But were we to elect a commissioner that once again was rushing to fill every vacancy, then we could have again the problem with one commissioner having a disproportionate number of the appointments, and we would not want to make the change when one commissioner is doing that and say, well, it's being abused. So I have a real concern about changing this at all now because I'm concerned we will revert to the days where one commissioner could have 40% of the board appointments. And I made up that 40% number. So I have a concern about item E and think it, at a minimum that warrants additional discussion. Okay, so at this point in time, the time is now 12.33 p.m. We have a workshop that was publicly noticed for 12.30. Um, we really need to break this meeting and go to the workshop and resume this after the workshop is completed. Um, can we complete this item? I don't know if we can complete this item. He just said he wants additional discussion on item E. You're only on A, and um, it's been going on for a while. Do you think that we can wrap this up? I, I agree with Commissioner Geller. I want to discuss E, e as well. So. Okay. so. Uh, where we need to break and we will okay. come back after the That's workshop and we will continue the agenda at that time. All right. Thank you.